Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park I'm Crazy, a podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most, because that's what I've been trying to do for the past 10 years with no success. I've been telling everybody that our government is shady, but every time I do, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like, oh, here we go, Mark. Off again with you. Mark being Mark again. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing about podcasts is when you're on the air, and it's like therapy, you know. If I can't talk to my family about this stuff, I'll talk to you, Matt, and all our listeners. Yeah. So, who are we talking about today, Matt? history we're taught in the English-speaking world has been bolstered by the egos of royals, the spoils of war, the tears of the defeated, the blood of entire nations of human beings, their stories retold by those who antagonized, slain, and despised them as barbarians, savages, devils, villains, heathens, pagans, infidels, heretics, dissidents, servants, chattel, and slaves. These derogatory and demeaning labels have conveyed an undeserved sense of insight significance and subsequently denigrated their role and proper place in human history. One only needs to look as far away as the Middle East to see that the Middle Ages, or so-called Dark Ages of Ignorance, only occurred within the cultural sphere of Europe. The contemporary Islamic world was enveloped in a renaissance of development in many cultural areas. Spanning three continents, the Islamic world improved navigational techniques that allowed them to take the Straits of Gibraltar in the west and sail as far as Oceania and Polynesia in the east. Given what we know about these peoples then called Moors and their nautical prowess, is it not likely that they would have populated North and South America as they did Indonesia and Oceania? And if so, 
would it then follow that the Spanish defeating the Moors would have subsequently led to them discovering their trade routes, the so-called New World, and navigating the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans before any other European nation? Surely this can't be a coincidence, and if this idea holds ground or water, then maybe it helps explain why the trans-Pacific and transatlantic slave traders could have been used to redistribute and displace the colonized and enslaved peoples, leaving them disconnected from their true legacy, the lost legacy of the Moorish people, along with other groups who have been lost to history. Joining me to discuss this controversial and taboo area of history is Sonny from the No Funny Shit Podcast, who joins me, Mystic Mark, here on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy Podcast to explore all of this and so much more. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this conversation with my new friend, Sonny. weren't the pilgrims. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock was landed on us. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Back again on the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast, and I'm so excited to have this gentleman on the show today. I'm psyched to have Sonny from the No Funny Shit podcast, straight out of New yeah, York City, it. talking about all kinds of good stuff in black and Latin culture. And Sonny is a, a fan of this show because although they don't get into much of that, what we're going to talk about today on, on his own podcast, this is an interest of his, and I'm excited to have you on the show to talk about it, man, because it's an interest of mine. It's an area that, you know, personally, I think a lot of people have sensitivity towards, but there's also a ton of information that has been suppressed naturally in that kind of climate of racial oppression, class oppression, and the whole political rewriting of our country's history. I mean, we're only now getting into you know, what really happened. So I'm excited to have you on today. Let me ask you before we get started, how did you first become interested in, in this subject, the hidden history of, you know, what we'll say Moors, right? Is that a, a good term to use? Okay. It's, it's pretty much everything. But uh, for me, like, my interest started, like, so i got to give you, like, a little back history. So I was raised in the Caribbean and U.S. Virgin Islands, right? And then I moved to the, to the United States when I was, like, 12 years old. But in my time in the Caribbean... There was one time we went to a different island. We went to Dominica and we visited an Indian reserve there. And it was going up and away. Like these are like the typical Indians you see on TV. And like they were, they were mostly all black and just like look like Hispanic people. Like I was like, wait, is this just a job or like is that really them? So fast forward, I moved to New York. I rarely enough, there was this one girl in my class who. I forget the name is escaping me right now, but she was part of a tribe from Long Island, and she was also black. Also, and I, was like, I always found that like a little weird. Like I, in the beginning, I just like kind of like shrugged it off. Like, okay, that's it's different, but you know, because you like in the black community, also some people said, like, "Oh no, nah, I'm part Cherokee or this, that, and the third. And I'm like, okay, like I guess that's like a whole other thing, but. As I got older, then my uh, I had another friend who's 
girlfriend was also from the same tribe in Long Island. She was black also. And I'm like, oh shit, this is interesting. But then like around, I want to say like 2018 or so, one of my boys, he put me on to, it was like this YouTube channel called, I think it's Dane Cavalry. And he talks about this type of stuff, but like, like no offense to anybody, but it kind of comes off like from like a hateful standpoint. And then like, he didn't really like, provide much like references or like citation or whatever so i'm like okay like this is interesting but let me try to find more stuff on it and then like i found a couple different channels that speak on it but the main one where i got a lot of information from is a channel called kuri meo k-u-r-i-m-e-o-a-n-u so on that channel like he had a lot of good stuff and like you'll have like the books that he's reading from so i'm like okay and from there like that's like where my entry started oh also i and i also knew like from so i'm always been like a history like nerd like i always loved history since i was small and like certain things will like kind of stand out to me like when i was little i remember reading about indentured slavery and just like a whole bunch of stuff like also like reading about like the American and Indian wars and how like the, in the book it said like we the Americans wanted to destroy the Indians in a sense of themselves so they talk about how like they killed the men then took the kids to the boarding schools and like kept them away from their family and their culture and this stuff gets lost along all the way so all that type of stuff like always stuck with me so then when I started seeing this stuff I'm like wait hold on right like, hold on yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I'm with you there. It's taken me a while to sort of come around to this. But, you know, when I was younger, I always noticed that you know, there were contradictions with what they were telling us it, with history. And yeah, it, it seems to me, and correct me if this is something that you don't agree with, but from what I've found, and we're going to explore this hopefully further, there are groups of people that existed and we'll say melanated, right? Cause the term African American has been applied maybe incorrectly to give people this false impression that, you know, everyone was a recent immigrant from Africa that was in America who happened to be black. When in fact, it may be the case that ancient groups of people from Africa, even pre-Columbian in the age of discovery, you know, medieval period in Europe, there were groups of African, you know, not just, you know, random tribes, like kingdoms, you know, kings and people sent huge ships across the Atlantic Ocean. And you can't just say, oh, well, they got lost and never came back. These people clearly landed in North and South America and most likely mm -hmm. assimilated with whatever cultures were present there. And yeah, I think this is a whole subject that really just doesn't get any, you know, play in the venues like History Channel or even the mainstream kind of areas where they get into some of this stuff because it has that kind of racial overtone. And there are mm -hmm. groups like, you know, the Black Israelites who kind of, you know, not all Black Israelites are the same, but there are some very extremist ones that probably yeah. make it bad for the, the rest of them to get the message across. So it's a controversial area, but I want to get into it with you because I feel like you, you have the, you know, you've been looking into this for longer than I have for sure. Yeah, and just like a disclaimer for everybody, by no means am I an expert. I'm, I'm like 
I, I want, I mean, I'm looking at this from a, a fan point of view and also just like I'm interested in it. And not to say like I believe in any of this wholeheartedly either. It's just like it's interesting stuff that we can look at and then like, hey, if someone can debunk it, hey, show me some proof. But like, we just like, we just, I'm just going along with the ride. At the end of the day, like, we only know right now and sometimes we don't even know what's really going on right now. So imagine 500 years ago. So. Right. Well, absolutely. Yeah. It just gets murkier and murkier the further back you look. So where do you want to start with this? Because we've touched on this topic before on the podcast with Dr. Narco Longo. We talked about some of the yeah, so people in, in Florida and Michelle Gibson was on the show a long time ago. I just interviewed her today, actually, and we got into her beliefs about how the Moorish culture was actually the original builders who went around and built a lot of these megalithic sites that mm -hmm. we see around the world so it's a very complicated story but where should we start so i have a little well, i have a small presentation i'm not it's not gonna look at the neatest but trying to share what is this whole thing again all right so is the screen up Yep, we, we okay. can see it. All right, so this is my little presentation, guys. And let's see. So today I'm going to cover, this is kind of like a brief overview of everything. Well, it's just, this is more so of an introduction of different ideas. So it's like, we're going to cover the copper-colored tribes. Well, some of it. Then we're going to cover the trans-Pacific slave trade, some of it. Also. And then uh, like Black Europeans, such as like Moors and stuff like that which sometimes gets overlooked. And then like another term that I saw that, uh, that uh, is a little murky when they talk about white slaves. I, I don't know the exact literature to, to go quote right now, but they were basically saying that when they were talking about white slaves, they weren't, they, they, that just meant European. And that was just like a vague term. Cause then in that same uh, book that it was reading from, it said, that the only people that would have been considered white slaves would have been Arabic Muslims. Hmm. So then it was a little weird, but yeah. So as you guys see on the screen, the the whole thing that like caught me up, like that caught my attention with all this was like the terror copper color. So as you can see, like pennies, coppers are coming in all shapes, all different types of shades. So that's just that. So then like, let's start with this song. The original term for American was an Aborigine or a or the very or one of the various copper-colored native tribes found in the America's continent by Europeans. So that alone, I was like, "Wait, so that's a little weird." Like, I never really heard that original term of, of like American or anything like that. And this is supposedly from a Webster's dictionary from 1828. A lot of people that talk about these type of conspiracies, they always reference this specific book. I haven't seen anybody with the actual physical one, but they, if you go, if you look at Webster's 1828, like they have that up on the, in the, on the internet itself. Yeah. So this is a little weird. And then like, let's see if you could, so man, you see like the depictions is, these are supposed to be Native Americans. And I mean, like, I don't know about you, like that's not the typical, like, Native American that you would see here. Yeah. So, uh, no, yes, it is. No, yeah, it's it definitely looks like they're wearing an outfit you would see in like Turkey or Northern Africa, and 
mm-hmm. you know, the headdress reminds me of something that you would see in like Polynesia almost like a very elaborate. And I mean, yeah, it's, and they're carrying something that looks like a longbow, which is interesting as well. Cause the, I believe the native Americans had a more advanced type of bow than what Europe had at the time. It's either mm. the inverse or that, what I just said, I don't remember which is true, but one of those. All right, we're going to do the ad break right off the top of this episode. Be sure to go over to the Rockfin to check out the video version of this episode. You're going to want to listen to it, especially for the first 45 minutes where we're looking at a book that Sunny screen shared I highly recommend folks go over to rockfin.com, subscribe to the channel, and check out the video there first. It'll eventually make its way to YouTube. It'll also be available on Patreon and Substack. So go over and check that out. Uh, But after that part of the conversation, it, it does become more conversational. So don't worry, you can listen to the audio, uh, but I do recommend checking out the video as well. All right, here's some ads. If you want to hear an ad-free version of this episode, uh, all the same, Patreon, Substack, or Rockfin. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the other side of this ad break. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sorry, I know I'm all over the place. I'm showing it too much. <laughs> is this the book but, uh, you, you mentioned? The book that you weren't able so this to is find? One, so this is one of the books that like initially like drew my attention to it. And I actually saw So this is called American Being an, an Accurate Description of the New World. And this book is actually available at the Library of Congress right now. Like you can go on. Now, I'm not sure if it's the Library of Congress, but like one of those libraries in uh, Washington, D.C., like the Federal Library. There's a YouTuber, her name is Tasha Z. It's like Tasha, T-A-S-H-A, space X-I. She actually has a video. She goes and she, like, she, she pulled the book out and she was able to read it. And yeah, I mean, this book, a lot of the people in these communities, they reference this book a lot because it talks about like the different descriptions and stuff of people. But it's kind of hard to read because it's written in that old English style. Like not all letters we use nowadays. 
Uh, I'm trying to show you some stuff like trans women. So then like even here in this picture, you guys can see that there's like different shades of people. Mm-hmm. Like this guy is pretty dark, this guy's a little lighter, some lighter ones. And then it's just interesting. Let's see, like, let me just try to let's not even zoom out a little bit. So so this is up on archive on the internet archive right now. So you got anybody could go look it up themselves. And this book actually like specifically talks about like Mexico and Peru and like South America. So that these other people they would have found there. Yeah, America being an accurate description of the and it says Nev World. <laughs> I don't know what the maybe the printing press had only V's and no W's, but that's kind of interesting. <laughs> and it what else is interesting and it says it talks about their cities, fortresses, towers, temples, mountains, and rivers. It's kind of giving a general description of what they're, what's in this book. And yeah, fortresses, cities, towers, and temples. That's a, a lot different than the teepees and stick huts that mm-hmm. were, were typically shown, you know. But although there are, you know, plenty of megalithic works south of the American border, Wow, look at that. Yes, so now let's look at this map. So this is a map of the Americas from what and you can see like it's still incomplete. But too far. God dang it. Look what I do. Okay. Sorry about that guys. So the the weird thing, I'm I'm not sure if it's this map. I, there's all there's more like illustrations in the book, but there's like you know, in those old world maps, there's a whole bunch of weird shit like dragons and like griffins and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The death is weird, man. You guys see a little cacique right here with the umbrella. And we got some more Indian. Yes, it is. Okay, for the description. No direct description of what's going on here, but. Looks like they have they took in some stuff over here. Well, I, you know, one. it does seem like they're working with metal, which is something that we're told that the Native Americans didn't have mm-hmm. knowledge of. But here you have these guys holding what are very hot, you know, vessels of some kind, maybe metal or, or clay, and they're pouring hot liquid into molds it looks like so who knows maybe this was some sort of forge right i mean again we're, t- we're... Well, i mean yeah but, but, but this one guy here does have a pitchfork yeah no for sure it looks like metallurgy going on there which again that kind of contradicts the what the archaeologists tell us the native americans were capable of so i mean already we're hitting some interesting stuff here and those llamas in the back so... yeah i was just about to say that <laughs> <laughs> i guess this must be south america yeah, like Peru. So I'm pretty sure llamas are like, um, I think they're from Peru. But yeah, I, I, mean, I haven't even seen like images like that. Like they're using the llamas as like fuels and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about books from this time is like there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of been left unexplained or un. You know, it doesn't fit the paradigm, so they just leave it as like, oh, well, you know, people back then were not as reliable. But to put this book together, I mean, it's quite a, a task in itself. So to question their reliability. Yes, yeah, so, so I believe this book is like a, a compilation of different conquistadors and their accounts. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 
And the first page, if I'm not mistaken, that's what it had there. So this is supposed to be uh, Christopher Columbus. Wow. It's weird, too, because when you get, like, deep into this, sorry, you get deep into this, like, this section of conspiracy, it, it gets a little weird because, like, it's, they have, like, they start saying, like, oh, everybody. They're like, oh, Christopher Columbus is actually a black Portuguese Moor. That wasn't even his name. And then when it gets starts getting like a little too crazy, like that, I gotta take a step back. Like, all right, I can't believe like a lot of people may have been lied on and been like, you know, like a damn version. It just inverted. Like, oh, they're white, not black. Well, and you know, I think what unfortunately happens with subjects like this is because of the truth be- behind all of it. You know, the people who are trying to control perception they can't necessarily delete all the information but what they can do is exaggerate it so that maybe more the majority of people the average person doesn't take it seriously you know they start hearing things that sound hateful and they're like oh well yeah maybe all of what they're saying is bad when in fact it's you know it's just it's truth laced with like this you know extremism right I, i think that happens a lot with this maybe Christopher Columbus being black is a step too far, but maybe what they're really trying to say is not so much that he was black is the definitions of what was black and white back then were much different than they are today. And he definitely had access to, you know, the Moorish information, the navigation information, all the things that, you know, helped him make the journey in the first place. Like he didn't just have a happy accident across the Atlantis. He got all that information from people who had already made the journey. So did you deep uh, dive into that? Apparently he did have a, it was a Moorish navigator or something like that. That was part of his crew. And there's talk of him spending time in like, I think areas in Northern Africa before he made the journey. So yeah, he definitely, you know, would have been recruiting people and, yeah, most likely brought some of them with him. Yeah. And I, I stuck on this picture just because this picture kind of dispels like another major, like, these people have, like, oh, how did the Indians get destroyed by like, the conquistadors? And they're all saying, like, oh, they saw their boats and they didn't know what they were looking at. But I mean, look at this picture we're looking at. They're on their own boats, obviously <laughs> yeah. smaller. So what makes you think that they won't recognize what this other boat is? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know where that idea originates, but I think that's a part of this whole idea to make the inhabitants of the new world seem primitive and unable to conceptualize the technology of something like an ocean vessel. I mean that, yeah, clearly they would have been knowledgeable about the ocean and how to travel on it because they themselves use boats. (laughs) Yeah, you know, maybe not huge boats, but still they had the technology. Yeah, and that also kind of reminds me of like that story. It's not related, but similar to this. I think it was like I saw this one story. It was about an Australian, like ge- not geographers. What's the people that make the maps? Topographers, Cart- cartographer, Cart- cartographers. It was like Australian cartographers were making like the, the, the they were trying to map the landscape for Australia. And they ran into like a bushman out there and he started talking to them in English and they were confused. Like, how do you know English? And he's like, oh, no, I go to Singapore all the time. 
And this is like even before like the English like found Australia or whatever. Right. Wow. Like, I don't know. I travel. Yeah, I travel to Singapore for trade all the time. So, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is like we're getting all of this information through a very biased sources, obviously, like racially, politically. There's all sorts of agendas at play. They wanted to control the land. So maybe this was a part of it, you know, like re- writing out the complexity of the natural inhabitants so that the people in Europe, I don't know, wouldn't revolt against such an atrocity. I mean, I wonder if that's just like modern thinking, you know, maybe back then people wouldn't have sympathized with people from far away. But again, I don't know. But yeah, it's just, again, super sensitive topic because you have all these people who are being paid by these universities to promote this idea that the Native Americans, their most advanced technology was like a bow and arrow. And, you know, that's about it, right? Like they had like spear technology, they had bows and arrows, yet the pyramids and all of these incredible things are here in America. You know, it's just, it doesn't add up. So, yeah, it doesn't add up. So, in that last image you just showed, it almost looked like a planned city. Is that, is there? Yeah. A- so, I'm trying to see if this is one of their cities or is it like a fort created by the conquistadors? Let me try to find it. Where is that? Okay. So, it doesn't really say. Hold on, I'm trying to read this one. It says Angra of Terrain, I believe. We'll have to figure out what that means. Angra of Terra. Yeah, but it seems like seems like they're pretty decent-sized city, a port city mm-hmm. or town or whatever. Yeah, so all these things are like... I just find all these things kind of interesting. Right. And then look at these depictions of Native Americans. I mean, this first guy here looks clearly African. Even though we're we're looking at uh, a drawing, but I mean like that phenotype or whatever. You get it? I don't know. Well, and, and these just... these men who drew these pictures, like they had a very high level of skill. You know, I mean, they weren't just drawing part of their imagination; like they were drawing what they saw. So yeah, yeah these African facial features. You know, again, more evidence that there were groups of people here from around the world. You know, this whole yeah. notion that the Europeans got here first is really, I mean, it just, you can't rationally think that after reviewing all this stuff. Yeah, look at this creature. What is this, a bear? It's supposed to be like a bear or something. Huh. Maybe some, a giant sloth? Of... No, it could be a giant sloth. You know, those are one. They have all kinds okay. of creatures in South America that are weird. What does that say underneath it? This is... So these little F things are like a different type of S. <laughs> it's weird to like, you need like a, some sort of like rears manual. Yeah, they reader. used to use different characters. It's definitely, yeah. Huh. That's not too hard once you can determine that some Fs are Ss and some Fs are Fs. It's it's not that hard. But yeah, I hear you. Huh. That's interesting. That I, I like looking at animal depictions from this time period because like things like animals, you know, there's a certain uh, stability to species of animals, but also there are these animals that, you know, are kind of like 
cryptids, right? So mm -hmm. I wonder how often those creatures are <laughs> drawn in these sorts of discovery in this discovery era, you know. We got one right here. Oh, yes. Looks like a dragon type of creature. Like, what the Whoa. <laughs> Look at that. Huh. So, yes, is the dragon Draco out there? It's right. It's commands. Also, a dragon ecstatic demon. I'm guessing that's what that's what Kumatos. Maybe the I don't know how to guys. Maybe the caiman is that lizard reptile thing mm -hmm. on the ground there and has two tails, though. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. And then we got clearly some kind of giant squid creature. But wow. And, you know, the name America, people have often wondered where that came from. And there's the whole myth about the Amarico, which is like a dragon. The There's the guy whose last name was Amarico. But I think that it's more likely that they were naming this place after something mythical, not some, just some guy, oh, you know. Also, I don't know if you know about it. So this like this. Is the Tamari Indians. So that's also where they say the name comes from. Tamari Indians. But I wish I would have found the specific quote. But in, in this book, there's a description of when they, the conquistador is talking about the people they found here. And it was like, oh, the Indians, they are like the Africans. Like they're swarthy like the Africans. That's like a word to that. Is that used much now? Yeah, but I mean, this is kind of sick. There was sick as schnauzers on people, man. They had the lady and the tramp dog. <laughs> yeah, the terriers. Yeah, that's just crazy. Oh, look, this guy has like a little fez hat, maybe a more. Oh, no, that's the Phrygian the cap. That, I mean, maybe that has a different name, but yeah, that's like the Phrygian cap. That's like the liberty cap that the revolutionary soldiers yeah. war that's interesting but this one is like a chicken head on it oh yeah that it does kind of have a bird head on it maybe yeah maybe I, you're right maybe that's like a beak <laughs> i think in the first image they they had another guy like that so we getting into some weirder images here oh wow they have a wheel yeah look at that well, maybe well this could be like products of slavery type of thing I mean, so, who knows? Well, but yeah. the, if this is being written by conquistadors, oh, yeah, they're true. exploring, right? So, I mean, they definitely took places over and made slaves, but I, I doubt that they would have, you know, <laughs> created <laughs> industry like to this level where they had water wheels. Like, this clearly looks like something the native natives were using. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you're actually right, because then there's another picture, and they have, like, a, it's like a temple type of thing. I'll get yeah, this right here. Wow. See, now, and that's another thing. Like, we're told that the peoples of the Americas didn't have the wheel, but clearly they were using a wheel there to grind. It said it was, they were grinding meal. So, mm -hmm. yeah, wow. I mean, again, more evidence contradicting what we're, we've been told about our history. This looks insane. So do we have yeah. these, like, this, like, for the audio listeners, we have this, like, three arches of a square rectangular building and there's fires inside of the building, people standing around the building, people inside the building, maybe on fire or tending to the fire. And then above yeah, sacrificing. The, now, and then above it, we have like what looks like mythical figures or mythical creatures. I mean, 
What do you, how do you make sense of this? What are we looking at? Also, what I see is a giant, obviously, probably one of those redheaded white giants that we hear about all the time in Native American folklore. Uh, then it looks like a camel. And then I believe that, is that like an armadillo or like a pig creature underneath the camel? Oh. I can't really tell. Yeah, that's a good eye. Okay, so now I'm seeing the camel. I didn't see the camel at first. And now I'm also seeing, yeah, it looks almost like maybe a tape a tapir because they have tapirs in South America that kind of look like a pig deer, you know, with the long snout like the one we see there. And then below that is what looks like a goat. A giant goat at that. Well, yeah, these are all giant creatures compared to the people we see at the, you know, base of the building there. But and then inside of a cage, it looks like a lion fighting a giant snake or a dragon. Being losing that fight too because his head is in its mouth. Right. So we got the snake killing the lion in a t- cage of like rods, and then this Hermes Pan figure being like. I mean, I don't want to be graphic, but it looks like all those animals are hanging out by his crotch. So, I, and he's just—he's just, he's just <laughs> got his hands in the air, like, "Oh well." <laughs> yeah, and then I don't know if you see to this far left. It looks like they were tossing another couple of Indians over into like this pit. Ah, on this- a well, yeah, like the underworld or something. Huh. Mm-hmm. So, so and- I guess we're seeing like something allegorical here or do you think this is a, a, a drawing of something that they actually saw well clearly you, we have a building here yeah well if you look to the right of the building this looks like the conquistador right here yeah everything huh so is this like some kind of moloch burning chamber where the aztecs or the inca or whoever this is depicting were like sacrificing people to the gods and that's why we see this mythical scene above Let's see. Yeah, let's see if we can read, find this. Pick out any words here. Because the troubling thing with the images is there's no captions, so I imagine that the description of the image comes before the image. So maybe you need oh, to go over true. to the other page, and then it's like in sequential order. You know, like you they tell you about what you're about to see, kind of thing. That's mm-hmm. just my guess. Oh yeah, look, you're seeing. Yeah, I'm well, seeing yeah, some stuff yeah. about it. Okay, so let's read from the top here. Go up just a little bit more. And, yeah, uh, yeah, so the Spaniards coming to land were courteously received and conducted into the city. The neatness of the whole marketplaces and the exactness of their streets they beheld with admiration, as also the co- the costly stuff garments both of men and women but their wonder increased when they beheld very artificial crosses concerning which upon inquiry they related that a man more glorious than the sun being built in erecting the cross died but their people but these people though so courteous and civil at first seemed in a few days to be wary of their company which the spaniards observing found sounded a retreat and sailing Westerly proceeded on their intended design and soon after anchored before Compechiam, the king of which conducted Ferdinand and Morantes with some others into the city, consisting of 3,000 houses. In his palace there were entertained with all manner of fowl roasted, after which refreshment they surveyed the city in which, amongst other curious buildings, 
was a high but square theater of marble on which stood the image of a man on all corners afflaunted by four wild beasts, which were of no less strange than a horrible shape. Not far from this image they saw a serpent fashioned up of chalk and little stones. Whole coiled up tail was 47 foot long and a proportional thickness. This serpent sprinkled with men's blood yet warm seemed to prey upon a marble lion both were enclosed with a stone rail within which malefactors were daily executed bloody bows and arrows broken small pieces lay between the bones and dead bodies wow i mean that <laughs> that sums up what we just saw and yeah. there's clearly a reference to Christ in South America, which I've heard yeah, about that before. I, is it Veracocha or I forget what name they give to the South American Christ. But I, have, I need to look into that. I haven't seen any of that stuff. So right. clearly this was some sort of sacrificial altar. Wow, that's crazy. And you got to think about it like, to our, let's say our Christian minds, what does this have to do with Christianity? Right, right. And yeah, and then it's talking about Lazarus as it, it continues, but... I just want to, uh, I'm just impressed with my ability to read that out loud. I didn't think I was going to be able to do that. That was a great that. job. You picked a couple words, but I mean, they were unnecessary. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, all the F's and S's for the audio listeners are switched around. So it's not easy if I did miss a few words there. But that is, yeah, that's another level of this, too. It's like, I wonder how much of our own modern English language was switched like that just so we wouldn't be able to read things hundreds, 200 mm -hmm. years old like maybe this is intentional you know but clearly this is all very like mesopotamian old world sort of symbols in a new world context yeah and look at this other picture we're looking at here some we've seen a di couple different shades of people like this one guy on the far left he he could look a little white well, then we, it could be covered in chalk, right? They did that of chalk, but still, I mean, yeah. They, and then you have people who are very dark in comparison being doing all sorts of stuff. One of them is on top of the back of a lion, where others are look to be fashioning statues of some kind. Uh, but that's not a statue. That's a weird beast with breasts and three heads in its stomach. Do you see that on the right-hand side? Yeah, right here. <laughs> what is that He's supposed like, to be? Like risen it up. He's just like risen up the dog lion creature. I have no, I've never seen this creature at all. Like most of the stuff, like is like it's so many pages. It's like I tried to read this one time, and I only got to like page five. All the F started kicking my ass. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you one bit. But the pictures are incredible. Yeah. I yeah, and then we have more. I guess those are wooden statues because those are kind of big Back in game. comparison, and they're all bowing around them. So, and there looks to be like one with fairy wings. You see that? Yeah, and it's one to the far left. Yeah, like classic Tinkerbell fairy wings. Mm -hmm. And then this demon goat looking creature right here. I just noticed it. Damn. Okay. See, I mean, and that's the beauty of these woodcuts too. Is there's so much detail that just can seem blurred and not. You know, but then you look in, you zoom in, and there's so much detail in these things. Yeah. Just crazy, bro. Honestly. I'm glad that we have started like this because I've been trying to build up the YouTube channel. And I think this episode's going to do really well for the YouTube people. <laughs> Maybe not so well this first part for the audio people. 
But audio listeners, uh, if you've made it this far, I, I'll be sure to link this book in the descriptions so you can like look yourself and maybe follow along. But this is, I mean, this is really fascinating. So now we're looking at some conquistadors who are, some of them well, look to be, well, it looks like they're running away up top there from a volcanic explosion. And the, mm-hmm. the natives are like pointing at the conquistadors and also. Oh, you know what I think this is? Remember they said that when the conquistadors arrive, a natural disaster started happening and they, and they prayed to the conquistadors to make a stop. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Look, they're bowing in front of them. Wow. Yeah. Now, and this kind of fits into what Michelle Gibson was just telling me about and how they had this controlled collapse of the natural energy grid here and, and they yeah. caused this catastrophe in order to, you know, make the reset easier, right? Instead of which, you know, we know the stories of how they destroyed and you know, tracked everybody down and put them on reservations. But what if the reason why they were all nomadic was because there was some great cataclysm a hundred, two hundred years before yeah. that? Wow. Yeah, we gotta think about it like this: the, for lack of a better term, like the whites coming to America is it, it didn't happen like right away. This was like a, a ongoing thing. So we're we're probably seeing like year ten or like year one or five. You get it in these depictions, but then like by the time like the whole like everybody else comes through. It's probably like 50 years later. Like, Even longer. Say, yeah, no, yeah. you're right. I mean, this is in the 1500s and, the, you know, the pilgrims, they didn't make it to, you know, the East Coast of the U.S. until like the 1600s. And, and even then it took them like 60 to 70 years before they had, you know, a real settlement. It took them a while. So, yeah. Word. I don't know if you know, you know, like the Roanoke story, that one, yeah. that whole tribe that like disappeared not tribe but like the fort like everybody disappeared on that one yeah well they and what's really weird is to this day they have this ceremony that i think the rockefellers like own the whole area and they put on this play in honor of the lost that lost tribe and one guy came on tinfoil hat a couple years ago i think it was ryan dawson and he basically said that he thinks that's just all propaganda so that people don't figure out really what happened at Roanoke. <laughs> and the word Krakatoa was put at Roanoke, which was weird because it's not really like a Native American word. But Krakatoa is associated with this volcanic eruption. So who knows? Maybe they all died in a cataclysm and that's why they wrote Krakatoa on the side of the on the side of the thing. Okay, so I'm trying to. So I found this other depiction of a city. I just wanted to go. Oh, so is this supposed to be Montezuma Grande? Hold on, sorry. My bad. No, it's all right. Zooming out too much. These like Apple courses are like annoying. So let's see, what are they talking about here? So, seated in the province of Mexico where a sunlight mixes, it's a. what, what water from the fresh river, both which was so I so I'm guess I'm gonna assume this is a Mexican city because it's not saying that it's any type of English settlement. I mean, look, and look, does it look like anything that they de- describe here? Right. Wow. I mean, clearly this is a whole built settle civilization, like as the conquistadors got there. 
They they were not building all these buildings, you know, coming off of ships and you know with their guns and their you know treasure seeking like that. This is not. They couldn't have built all this. This was clearly here already. Wow. Yeah, and they said that this is inside of a lake. So. Right, and this is. I think this is Mexico City because Mexico City was built on top of a lake, and and they've built around it, and that's why. I think it's it, yeah, it's the largest city in the world, but it's the like the center of it is on this ancient lake, which is completely I think underneath Mexico City now. I don't think there's any water currently there, but they have like depictions of what Mexico City used to look like and the depictions I've seen show what look like rafts, like basically yeah. like wooden hut houses on the water. And this is totally different. I mean, this looks like Venice for the audio listeners. Yeah. I mean, you're, they, this is like what we see in depictions of places in the old world. And I think that's a huge part of this whole conversation is like making the, the people who lived here seem less advanced, required eliminating or taking credit for the architecture that was here because that architecture reveals this hidden truth. So. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's an idea that I've been very skeptical about, but I'm slowly coming around to it, and seeing stuff like this is exactly up my alley, because, you know, a lot of what we see with the Tartaria YouTube world is like, they just look at modern pictures of buildings and say, oh, this looks old, and I'm like, yeah. okay, anything could look old. I could literally build a building tomorrow with, with the, you know, the right budget, and then go through a process of look, making it look old. They did that literally at, at Yale when they built some of the campus buildings. They set the exterior on fire to make it look like it was really old and had been weathered, right? So you know, this is something that, you know, when you see evidence like this that dates back to this time period, it's just, it's astounding. So anyways, I'll shut up. Because you're showing us some fire here, brother. I really appreciate this. <laughs> I mean, and this is all, like, available. Like, this shit is in, like, fucking library. You get it, like... Right. Well, and that's part of... Books. Go ahead. So, a lot of these books, you have to buy, like, one of the books that I wanted to get into later, you have to purchase. And it, that one talks about, like, how the... From how, getting the Asians into... From Chinos to Indians, basically, is the name of it. And it just talks about, like, the Trans-Pacific slave trade and all that well and yeah we do want to talk about that because that's come up in a couple of conversations i've had and the thought came to me like you know this whole idea is that the chinese slaves built the railroads in the west and how did they all get there like they didn't come through ellis island you know so how did they all get there and what if they were already here you know yeah. and just like there were african groups of people in south central and and north america on the east coast why wouldn't there be asian groups of people uh, or at least people who have asian you know genetics going back long ago you know like the whole land bridge theory just says oh they walked over twelve thousand years ago but now there's new dna evidence showing you know the incas and different groups along the west coast of the americas having polynesian dna and obviously, you know, Polynesian people are melanated, you know, African people and Australian Aboriginal people aren't quite the same, but they do have similar traits. Yeah. 
you know what so with the the whole like what we typically think as of indians like the mexican looking ones and like the white native americans i'm not too familiar with it but i know like the people in this community they refer to them as cons so they have they're like of the idea that like they a part of them came over like either like through the ice bridge or whatever but their idea is that these people that came over were from like descendants of like genghis khan and all that mongols right Well, and that connects to the whole Tartaria conversation. And if if they had all these incredible buildings in, you know, Eastern Russia and Eastern Asia, like the Tartaria maps show, then why wouldn't they they take those skills with them to this new place? You know, it's like, why all of a sudden become nomadic herders? You know, it's like maybe this cataclysm explains why they were, for the most part, nomadic when they were here. Yeah, and sorry, sorry to cut you off, but no, speaking no, no. of like herding and all that too, so we're looking at the depictions from the conquistadors, right? One thing that I keep noticing, we've seen like a lot of cattle and horses and stuff. I thought the, the conquistadors brought that over. So would they bring all these livestock just to like explore the land or were they here already? So like questions we got to keep in mind, like even in this whole picture, and I had zoomed in on this just to show like the contrast of like, these conquistadors are supposed to be a so-called white, right? And like the c- color contrast is like completely opposite of the, this person standing right next to them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the idea of race and all of that really is like a new thing too. I mean, they, not that it hasn't existed in the past, but the idea of like the order of races was like a totally western idea where they went around and they said oh okay this type of person is this race when really ethnic ethnicity is more accurate you know description race is more of a sociological term it's not really there's no real genetic uh, yeah. proof to the idea of races it's or like differentiate yeah or it's all it's just all used to like divide people and split right. people up right well and that's a big part of this whole study is like what actually happened in the history of this land and how has it been changed and altered? I mean, look at this. Now we have another, you know, temple area with these weird gods, a goat-like god with the faces on its belly. What is going on here? <laughs> Let's go back a little bit. Let's see what this is about. Yeah. Wow. I mean, because this stuff, this is really, again, like, these are the things that really get me going because we're told that the architecture here was of a certain quality. And here we see chandeliers with fires in them. We see torches. We see, you know, a gabled vaulted ceiling. Like this is not, and it looks like that's, yeah, there's even like a mosaic up there too. So, you know, this isn't something that you just slap together with rudimentary materials. This takes a very advanced level of architecture. I mean, and it's a five-pointed, it's like a Pentagon-type ceiling, too. So that's even crazier. Yeah, and then you see the conquistadors in the corner, like in awe, looking around at the architecture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now, you know. Let's see if we can see what this is. Okay, this is what it says. So while Cortez and Montezuma were viewing the temple, two Span- Spaniards rushed suddenly into the cells where they found abundance of lamps and torches burning and the walls bedowed, bedowed two inches thick with human co- human gore. Overhead hung 
vault vault numbers of vast of vast numbers of their sacrificing knives and the stench of the place was intolerable. But Cortez going on, Montezuma and his attendants resented. Sorry, what? No, go ahead. Oh yeah, Montezuma and his attendants resented it very heinously. Heinously, sorry, yeah, my bad. He's just kicking my ass. And they pulled down some of their idols and dust perfume to look in the to look in the king's face for those for those people bear of bears where bear so great reverence to their king that none dares so much as once look up in their presence. Okay, so I'm guessing this is Montezuma and Cortez. Yeah, they're, they're describing the, the sacrifice, this, the, the places where they would sacrifice people, I imagine. But yeah, wow, knives hung from the ceiling, walls lined in human gore. Wow. Yeah, this is kind of, kind of deep. Oh, this crazy. <laughs> now, who's this guy on the bottom right-hand corner? Well, right here? Yeah. I think this is one of the chiefs. Let's see what it says here. It says Athabaliba. Athabile. Yeah, you could try that one. Athabaliba. Yeah, there you go. Athabaliba. Yeah. Okay. It seems like a king adorned. He has some nice adornment here. Some gold chains and all that. And it's funny, like, weirdly enough, like, African-Americans, like, we love, like, all jewelry and stuff. You see these guys, like, decked out with, like, gold bracelets with jewels on it. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it had a very important purpose culturally, I'm sure, you know, religious, spiritually, and even, like, status, class, you know. Only the highest-ranking people wore certain types of outfits, and it just showed, like, what you've done in your life, you know, like, the whole one of the videos you sent me about the jaguar warriors and how the leopards and the jaguars in you know jaguars in south america leopards in africa Mm -hmm. have this sort of genetic connection and maybe that shows how the jaguar actually originated you know the leopard originated as a jaguar right Mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the theories that they're coming up with and and maybe it, it worked in the opposite where you know, I'm saying this whole time that all oh, Africans could have went over to the New World before Columbus. Maybe they originated here and they left South America and went to, you know, Africa and became, you know, I mean, all of this is up for, you know, question. And I mean, it's just fascinating. It looks like there's like some kind of griffin type bird or oh, <laughs> maybe yeah, like yeah. a rooster or something, right? But there. it says that this Ataliba, this. From what I'm reading from this, it says it's the the last king of Peru. Okay. Wow. So, this, yeah. And I wonder what that symbol on his head is. I wonder if that's like a dragon or it kind of looks like a seahorse shape. This thing right here? Oh, right here. Yeah, yeah, I see the, it. yeah the pendant. Yeah, that's no, just great. Let's see. It's somewhat the depiction before we move on into a different topic. What's this? It's like some type of world war. Let this load up. Yep. Okay, so can't re- oh, so this is like the conquistadors fighting. Yeah, I think that's then, like one of those the thrones that they would carry people on. It looks like they're like top. Oh yeah, the over. throne. Yeah. Oh shit. 
through some stuff here. Very <laughs> symbolic. Well, I'm going to link this book in the description for people because it's on archive.org and anyone can go and sort through it. But uh, I'm sure we could spend all night just looking through the pictures. But again, like more evidence that there is a bigger picture here that we're only getting a small portion of in our school system. Yeah, word. So, all right, my bad. I got everything here. So, back into this. Even though I don't have much here. But this is just like a little reference but Oh wait. Okay, so after I wanted to get into like like what led to the enslavement? Like was it the Spanish Inquisition? Was it the Spanish Moroccan War? Like I feel like there's like a lot of things that kinda like go over and look. Like so and before I got into all of this, I remember seeing on YouTube a couple of years ago. I don't know if you saw like there was like this documentary about how like the whitewashing of Europe during the the whitewashing of Europe during the Renaissance, during like not the Renaissance, the Spanish Inquisition and oh, all that. Okay. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned that earlier, how they're black Europeans, and we've talked about that on the show, and you know, plenty of governments in Europe and you know cultures in Europe use the Moor head, which is like usually like a picture of a, a male black male's head. You know, it's like not decapitated or anything, but just as like a symbol of uh, royalty, like the picture of a, a black person was like, um, not I wouldn't say worship, but it was definitely revered. It was like considered a good symbol. Yeah, sorry, I'm just like moving around everywhere. I'm trying to find the stuff that I had. No, take your time. It's so I don't know why the the links aren't working. Right. So now that we were talking about uh, more heads and all that, let's see. So just real quick, uh, just wanted to basically shout out some of these channels. So this guy right here, he covers more like a black more side of stuff. Like if we get into all of that, like we could go down a crazy rabbit hole. As you can see here, he has like the Anunnaki and all that type of stuff. Palladian aliens, like they get into all of this. I don't know if you know who this guy is right here, but like the Moors believe that. Yeah, I've heard of him before. Is his Dr. name Yakuba? I think his name yeah, is. yeah, Yakuba. That's it. Yeah. So Bdel one hundred one four one thousand and fourteen. Bdel. Yeah, he, he. This is who we're looking at for the audio listeners. And I'll link this in the description for people too. So that guy, he gets into that type of stuff. And just as we're closing out the YouTube links, when I was like studying some of like the Hebrew Israelite stuff. I went to these this channel right here because they just cover it like from like a non-conspiratorial aspect. Like they're just reading the Bible and like the Torah and all these type of stuff. So like looking at the description. So they had a series with Noah's sons. So if you see right here, the beginning is why, who is, who matters. And then they, they go into like the descriptions of all the sons. So Japheth, Ham, and Shem. And yeah, some these are pretty good videos. You guys should check them out. Their YouTube is called Bridging the Gap. Okay. Yeah, Bridging the Gap four hundred, and that's a pretty dope YouTube page. I was kind of tight because, like, once I got into it, like their videos were like two years old, and and I'm like, they just disappeared off the face of the earth. I'm like, what the fuck happened to them? Oh no. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, and like last channel I want to show, this is the guy that I want to get on your show, this Kurumeo. He does like all these videos. Yeah. 
you sent me one of his videos about the Black Panthers. I thought that was an interesting, interesting timing too, because we recently had Chris Knowles on the show talking about like the superheroes and how they used actual, you know, mythology and and information that was kind of you know not so popular and infused that into the different characters. And the Black Panther is probably one of the more interesting characters, in my opinion. I'm a comic book nerd at heart. I got my Black Panther character here for with us for the show. But I remember as a kid reading about his backstory and thinking like, wow, that's so interesting, like this whole African empire. And then come to learn that there are these like this, this whole history of empires in Africa, these great kingdoms that existed that we just, you know, they just don't even think to mention it in school. I mean, at least my the school I went to. But yeah, so I like that this Kurumeo uh, uh, guy. I got to get him on the show. He seems cool. But yeah, now that the YouTube tabs are closed, we might have better luck with presenting the Canva because Canva itself can be a little bit of a, a bogger too. It's, it kind of bogs down the computer. Yes, yeah, so if I knew I should have just left. I had like the links because I just like hyperlinked them so I could just uh, ha- not have so many tabs open. I hear you. But what I was trying to show you here with the whole like what led to it was like the Spanish American War. It was just talking about like what was not Spanish American War, like with the what's the shit called? The Spanish Inquisition. It was talking right. about how like during the Inquisition, they 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 were hunting down like Muslims and and Jews and all that, but then that gets into like Sephardic Jews and like other types of Jews and such like that. Right. And but oh yeah, but what I was trying to bring up with the whole the documentary I saw previously, it was talking about like the whitewashing of Europe and how during the Spanish Inquisition they tried to, they basically were saying that you know how they say like they paid Michelangelo and all these people to paint things. It, it was really for them to paint over. And apparently some of the places they couldn't get to were like Russia and stuff like that. So like some of these pictures are like Russian icons or like black Jesus and everything. But you know, you know what they usually tend to blame it on like, Oh, why is like, why are these saints and like Jesus and all these people dark skin? And they tried like the, the main um excuse they use is like, Oh, because like the, the smoke from the candles or whatever. I mean that makes sense, but then like they have the white rabbit right here. These yeah, these... if it was discoloration of the pigments and the art, then yeah, it would be uniform. It wouldn't just be certain <laughs> parts of the painting. It would be every you know light portion of the painting would get darkened. That's interesting. Yeah, that, and you know I would even say, well, what if it has something to do with the you know people who made it right? Because the further east you go the darker people get in asia right there's all sorts of different colorations of people around the world and this whole uniform idea that oh blacks are from this part of the world whites are from this part of the world asians are from you know or yellow people are from this part of the world to use you know the whole color scheme i mean it's just silly it's nonsense that there's no basis in you know biology for it it's just it's a linguistic idea that has really done more harm than good but and again like even the term indian which i've been surprised to learn by many of my native friends that they prefer the term indian which i think it's more of like you know just take ownership of the term and mm-hmm. like also it's kind of like why change something you know what's the point and they but 
Yeah, Native Americans being called Indians is even kind of like a misnomer because now we think of the term India, but back then that name of that country meant something else and the term Indian meant something else, right? So it, you know, nowadays we think, oh, it's because Columbus thought he was going to India. No, that's not it at all. It, Indian was had something to do with the way that they lived and maybe that has to do with the whole cataclysm that left them nomadic, I mean. Again, who knows? So let's go back yeah, to the more, though, because you, you're touching on something that I think this is what, yeah, what I wanted to get into, the Moors heads in Europe. Because, again, they, like people think Europe's a, just it's all white place, and it's just not true. Yeah, I was trying to find this other link I had, but this is one of the websites, and the other one had more stuff on it. I'll try to find it still. But it's kind of just, like, interesting. Like, oh, they say, like, oh, why are these black people here? And, like, they kind of forget, like, oh, the Moors were in control of Europe for, like, 700 years or whatever. But then, like, that history gets erased, right? right. So, like, fuck that. But, like, their excuse is, like, oh, no, there are black people on this because they're slaves. And it's, like, really? They're slaves? Like, okay, yeah, but- like, right here. Yeah, they put a crown on their slaves. Come they on. put the crown on their slave and put them on their seal of their family. Right? Yeah. Like that sense. Sure. <laughs> well, and even in Italy to this day, you know, we had a guest on the show, Alessandra Bologna, who wrote a book about the Moors heads in Italy. And they do this these parades where they have like basically like this giant puppet or statue of, of a black African person. And it's like, you know, it's like a black him, I think his name is. Yeah, it's like a celebrated figure in their culture. During Christmas, right? That the Christmas character, Black Sam, I think that's what you're talking about. Well, Similar to this, like the typical like character. Well, it might be more than just the Santa one because I know about that, but I think there's, I think it's just it's the Moors head in particular. I think she said it was a summer ceremony, like they put, celebrated this party in the summer. So I don't know that it's Christmas, but hey, it's probably not the only one there's multiple but i'm sure yeah i mean right now we're looking for the listeners we're just looking at a couple pictures of like different family crests from like europe so right here is some freezing i don't know where that is it's probably like some germanic country Mm -hmm. these are some of like the black um crests on it and it's just it just makes you think like bro what the hell is really going on right and then i kind of think it kind of this might be a little like wild, but kind of gives credence a little bit to like that whole idea. Like a lot of these people that are in this community, they, they say like, "Oh, Hitler knew, Hitler knew who the black people's real identity was." And even in one of those videos that I watched from the Bridge in the Gap, they reference. So there's there's like this reference of a book that everybody uses in this community, and it's like this open letter uh, from like Hitler to like his people, right? And I don't know if you're going to have to block that up, but yeah. No, there's no censorship on the show. An guy to his people, right? And he's he's telling them, like, oh, America has stolen God's chosen people. And it's just talking about, like, it's been, from this letter, it's basically saying that Hitler knew that that black people were also Jewish. Huh. And, and that he was saying that the Lord was going to punish the Americas and the world for, for basically for hurting their jewels. The, the jewels of his eye. That was like the terms. But everybody that talks about it, they always just reference like is like literally like a, a screenshot of a page. And they always nobody ever has the book. They always just talk about that. Everybody references that one thing. 
And that's something like I found like I keeps running into is like sometimes like sometimes I think like, yo, what if it is all just like a psyop and it's like they're just speeding out information, but then to kind of touch back on like what we were talking about, like how some groups sometimes are like more hateful. Is it like, yeah, yeah, you guys made that stuff, not made this stuff up, but like you made, you created this group, but in my head, I'm like, where did they get the knowledge from that they're referencing? You get it? Like, like where did they get the knowledge of like all the black Israelites and all that? Like, if it wasn't just out there in our face, you get it? I don't know if I'm making sense, but do you get what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm, you're making sense. And I think it, it goes into this topic that a lot of people have been interested in. And that's how our history has been rewritten and changed to divide people and confuse people and leave people more susceptible to oppression. And everybody is a, a wage or debt slave at this point in time. So, you know, even though the topic of slavery is controversial, I often wonder if that's not why it is controversial because they cloud it with this race conversation and divert people's attention away from the real issue, which, and this is my opinion, which is classism where you have this elite controlling class that wants the rest of us to fight with each other while some of us help the elite unknowingly, you know? And I think that's a lot of what goes on in the world, especially with these secret societies, these corporations, I don't think that they're all evil. I think a lot of them just want to be a part of something cool, and then they end up working towards an agenda that's ultimately destructive. But but yeah, so here we have like tons and tons of evidence that you know European culture revered these Moors and celebrated them. Like again, why would you put them on your buildings, your heraldry, your flags if they were just slaves? I mean, that doesn't add up. Yeah, and then it also goes back to, like, it's where, like, how when we think of, like, Moroccans or Moors, we just think of, like, Arabic-looking people. And here, I'm trying to find the a definition, like, the way the origins of Moor. And it's, like, a member of the most Okay, so a member of the group of Muslim people from North Africa who rules Spain from 1711, from 711 to... 1492. And it's funny how that 7-Eleven, that's a, a number that always pops up in things. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find another one because, like, the word more actually, like, directly just translates to, like, black. Like, in Spanish, like, moreno means black and, like, right stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. Who are we really talking about? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and it's also really related to uh, naval terms too, right? Which implies that these Moors were traveling around in the ocean, right? Because we have terms like, uh, you know, anchor that comes from moor, right? There's the whole word moor is still used to mean like fastening a ship to an anchor. And then there's different bodies of land that are named moors. Everything from swamps to sometimes hills are called moors. Which again is interesting because swamps, according to some researchers, are evidence of like places, cities that have sunk into the ground after this cataclysm. And then, of course, mounds have tons and tons of connections to all sorts of stuff. So maybe there's a connection there, like moors traveling around to all these sacred cities, these different places. And that's why these terms get applied to these various things that fit this pattern, right? 
Yeah. So yeah, now so- you, you mentioned, uh, go ahead. I want to ask you about the conflict the, between the Spanish and the Moors because you said that kind of led to the whole slave trade, but uh, go ahead. Okay, so, all right, so with that, like, I wish I would have grabbed some more stuff to talk about that, but, like, there's, so this whole idea that, I don't know if you ever heard, like, of, like, the idea that pirates were Jewish Moors, mm. like, I, the tales of pirates were Jewish Moors, there's a book, I think it's called The History of the Jewish Pirates. I've I've heard of secret Jews in, like, the groups of the conquistadors, because there's a whole, like, during the Inquisition in Spain, a lot of the people who were Jewish pretended to be Catholic so that they wouldn't be killed. And, you know, they just kept all their Jewish beliefs and pretended to be Catholics. And a lot of the conquistadors followed the Kabbalah and things like that. Yeah, so it's weird because, all right, with the Moorish and Spanish War, like, I'm not too familiar with it, but I know, like, there's an idea that during that war, like, the Moors, like, they were kind of losing and they had decided to head back to America type of thing. And like, they can kind of say like, that's how like the Americans kind of fought, not the Americans, but like the British and the Spaniards like followed them over to try to figure out what was going on. But like some weird stuff, like, I don't know if you, have you ever seen like those videos where like the, the black Moors, like, well, they'll talk to like a police officer trying to pull them over. And he'll be like, Oh, you can't pull me over. I'm a, I'm not a, a I'm not black. I'm a more and then like you can't do nothing to me. And the police officer will like call his supervisor or something and he'll like, hey, I don't know what happened, but hey, I guess you're right. We can't stop you. Right. And it's just like weird shit like that. But then earlier you were talking about you were talking I forgot what you were talking about with me. Oh, the mound builders. I'm trying I was trying to find that case, but it's like a famous case. I think it's called the Taylor, the U.S. versus Taylor. And it's basically a family that was suing the government because they were taking their their land. And the court basically found that, like, the direct words were like, the United States government does not have the right to take the land from the mound building moors. And, like, that was, like, the exact terminology that was used in, like, the document. I'm trying to find it. Once you get, like, I'm going to make sure you get Kurumeo on this because he, he has, like, everything. Like, you gotta, he has all the documents already found. But, like, I found it, but I'll have to pay for it. Yeah, let me see. I think it was, like, Taylor versus U.S. My bad. I'm, like, all over the place. Probably. Oh, it's all right. Maybe I should just, like, stop sharing and find this stuff. Ah, <laughs> eh, fuck it, bro. Well, like we said earlier, like I'm not a complete expert, but I'm just trying to give everybody like an introduction to this type of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, the shit is deep, bro. Like, oh, you know what else is kind of weird? This is kind of unrelated, but I found it super weird. Like, I don't know if you heard like the whole conspiracy that was going on with, with like Disney World in Florida. Which one? And so basically, uh, DeSantis wanted to take some of the rights away from Disneyland. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And part of, like, the law that they snuck through was, like, oh, basically, like, Disneyland will still have the rights to these lands until the second grandson of King Charles dies. And then, like, that was so weird to me. Like, why is this part of, like, a court case? Like, why is this going through, like, the government? Like, this is a law. Like, 
right. what the fuck does the king of england have to do with america you get it right yeah and it, it's a weird timetable to set you know like why are we waiting on one and even like the death of a person like it's something that's not fixed in in time like you know somebody could live for an undetermined amount of years and you know that's compounded like what if one of you know, I don't know if that person's alive to this day, but what if that generation never comes about because the person before him never has a child for whatever reason, right? So, right. it's so it, yeah, it, when you find stuff like that with the law, it definitely reveals this bigger picture that, you know, the American legal system is, you know, not its own independent structure. It's a vestige of the crown in some shape or form and I think that gets into the whole conversation about, you know, what America really is and, and how this place is has been, you know, built on this faulty foundation that they've lied to us so much about. Everything from the legal system to, you know, immigration and everything in between. You know, there's just so many gaps. Yeah, so right now what I'm trying to find... Okay, so the... Hold on a minute, Damn. So the reason I was bringing it up is because there was something that like, you know, like the conspiracy theories and all that I was talking about, basically that. Hello? Still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't I had clicked it and it only showed my camera, so I didn't know what was going on. But uh, so basically they were just talking about like how there was like the secret treaty between like the Queen of England and like the Moroccan. But it, it basically like, it was like that they were basically they were like ending their war, but it was like also like setting the grounds to like you guys have like free reign, like the Moroccans and the Moors and the and England owns America, some shit like that. Okay, the Anglo Treaty of 1721 was ahead of its time because there are a lot of movement from people doing goods, and damn, I can't find it. Well, next time I'll be more prepared for this type of stuff. But that's right. It's a lot of like different laws and like roles that got placed in that we don't even we have no clue about. Like, were you familiar with any of those like Moroccan things, like with the Moors when they get stopped? No. Like, next time you it sounds like the sovereign. Just, like, it sounds like the whole sovereign yeah. citizen type conversation, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the legal system they you know can say no, we're actually you know, Moors, we've been on, on this land longer than your court system has, so we're immune to that. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me because, again, this is all based on these admiralty laws, which goes into the Navy and the legal system of the UK. Not the US is a, it, their legal system is just a, you know, a vestige of the UK's legal system. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. Now, when it comes to the Moors themselves, like, I've heard stories about Cherokee villages having like entire, you know, paved streets and like brick buildings and stuff. And like all of that got erased and suppressed and taken over by the European immigrants. And they basically said, oh, we built this, you know, nobody, nobody here had the ability to build this kind of stuff. And they just rewrote it from history. But that is something that I've seen come up in a lot of this content or where the Moors 
They say, oh, look at how advanced the Cherokees were, you know, and you mentioned just anecdotally at the beginning, like, you know, some friends of yours that are black, they appear black, but they have Cherokee blood or they have Cherokee roots, right? So, and that's, I mean, I've heard that myself too, even with people who look like me, you know, white-skinned people who say, oh, I'm Cherokee or I have some sort of native connection. And again, it's this whole idea of race is just so, it's not based in anything biological. But back to the Moors, have you heard about the Cherokee advanced, like, kind of? Yeah, just from, like, just from basically, like, the videos that I watch and stuff, when they talk about, like, the Moorish backgrounds. I know Dr. Longo, he covers a lot of those stuff, like, the Moorish people, Indian stuff, like, the Seneca, I think the Seneca Indians are supposed to be Moorish also. Right, and well... And it it goes, the whole, like, uh, Jewish pirate thing, because it's, like, they were going to the Caribbean, Florida, Caribbean, that whole area. Right. Now, let me ask you this, because, you know, you and I, were both tri-state area guys. You said you're from the Caribbean originally, but you moved to New York City at some point. And the Lene Lenape tribe were all over this part of the world at the you know beginning of the colonies. And Ross Ben, who you might be familiar with, he's been on the show before, He's talked a bunch about the Lene Lenape and their connection to Moors and different groups of people around the world and how they had this very advanced culture and spiritual understanding. I think, you know, a lot of what we see in Philadelphia, New York City, Boston has been kind of, you know, rewritten and then replaced with all these waves of immigrants from Italy, Ireland places where they had their own, you know, all sorts of political issues and civil wars and things like that. Now, yeah, definitely. This, and it's like what you were saying earlier, like when there's like the race thing is like a construct, it's more like a class thing. Mm. Uh, what I wanted to bring up when you were saying that is like a lot of people don't know this, but like I was, when I was in college, I was studying like a Dominican, like Caribbean history. Mm-hmm. And... It was so I was watching like it was talking about like the Haitian Revolution and everything. And like something that was like a complete surprise to me is like the Haitian, like the black slaves weren't just like killing and kicking out white, like white French speakers. Like they were also kicking out mulattoes, like actual black slave owners and all that type of stuff. And like that part of history just goes like overlooked. So it's like, no, let's just keep it like they were kicking out the white people. But it's like from what I was reading, the people that had like the most to lose were like the mulattoes that actually like owned the slaves also. And like they were in fear of their life because it's like, yeah, we the same people, but like I'm rich, you're not. I'm a free person, you're not. And it, it, it gets deep because then it's like, even like from like, it just is a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of shit, man. Well, you mentioned the the pirates before, and I wonder how much of, you know, the Moorish culture just got written off as piracy, right? Because that was a big thing that went on back then, and I'm sure there were plenty of port towns that had, quote-unquote, pirates that were maybe Moors, right? And if you go and demonize a group of people like the way they demonize the pirates with all these, you know, horrible stories of them doing bad things— 
you know, that fits in the lines of this whole propagandizing history, right? You, you, you create a character, you fit a group of people you don't like into that character, and then the people you do like point at that character and say, bad, eliminate, you know? And that's definitely what happened with the pirates. You don't see many of them uh, in this part of the world anymore. Yeah, and then the history and the context just gets lost over time. Right. Because then I was like, oh, no, those are just those those pirates that were, were so bad and were, were hunting them down. But it was like, oh, what if they were hunting them down? Because they were actually, instead of thieves, what if they were just like political enemies? Exactly. Yeah. And that, that seems to be what it all amounts to is, is politics, you know, in one way or another. And as you were kind of alluding to before, like the whole slave trade started with uh, the the Spanish Inquisition and the the Moors, the Spanish fighting Morocco. And I I think, you know, that gets into a a, a very touchy subject, but all sorts of groups of people took slaves. I mean, we're told that the Native Americans, you know, would go into other tribes and take captive women and bring them to their tribe and i wonder how much of that is propaganda or fact and i'm like sorry sorry to cut you off but then like the way that they so that it's good that you brought that up so a way that they kind of work around like the whole like native american and like the black indians is like oh no they're not black indians they were just either they were slaves by the indians like indian slaves like because you know like indians had their own slaves also right and or they were escaped slaves that went into the Indian nations and just lived with them, which is like I'm pretty sure stuff like that did happen. But it's just like once we start adding all that, it like muddies the waters, and it's like, well, who really is Indian? Who is it? Right. Well, and even up here in New England, like you know, I look at some of the tribes that are native to New England in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, and a lot of them have what we would consider you know, African features. And the same thing is true with a lot of the places in New England where, you know, white towns would basically, they wouldn't want anybody who wasn't white living there. So black and Native American peoples formed their own towns in in parts of the states that were more remote. And now those places have like, I mean, I used to work in a town that was like 80% African American. Like every house I delivered a package to was a, a black family you know and it was kind of a culture shock for me because i grew up in a place that's like the opposite of that and uh but you know there are these like places where i wonder if it's not you know the case where oh yeah all the native americans they just went off to reservations and nobody ever saw them again no they assimilated they you know times change and people adapt to what's going on you know they don't just fall into the dust and die away they they get on and procreate and keep you know building for their family yeah and you know you brought up a good point because it's like that reminds me of like something that always like stood out to me i'm sorry if you guys hear like a whole bunch of stuff my son is running around upstairs but uh, something that always stood out to me like during history is like oh they say like oh all the taínos and dominican republic and puerto rico were all killed out by the spaniards and i was like all of them, like all of them got killed out. And the wildest one is like when I was reading about like Columbus and all of them, they said that they wiped out all the Indians in, in the Bahamas. So I'm just like, bro, they killed all like, and you got to think about it like this, bro. Not to no no shade to anybody, but it's like, bro, a bunch of fucking like 
white guys have been on a ship malnourished for like months at a time. Yeah, they just wiped out a whole population of warriors on the island. Yeah, that makes total sense, bro. Yeah, well, and it seems to me like what really happened is they got in with them, they tricked them at some point, and then they just redistributed them and like sent them off this way, sent them off this way so that people lost connection with their home, their culture, their story, and it could be replaced. And that's like also like, so like when we get started into like these theories and everything, like that's like another like major angle of it. Like, oh, some are coming from Africa, but most of it is really just misplacing people, like moving them around. Like one, one video that I saw someone was talking about, they were referencing like this, it was a show from like, based on like the Salem witch trial. Mm -hmm. And one of the main characters, she's a black woman. Yeah, Yeah, but when you go research who she is, uh, she's actually a Native American, uh, a Native from Colombia or some shit like that yeah, from yeah. South America. Yeah, but I think they, she was actually <laughs> even from the, the the Caribbean too. Like she came from South America but lived in the Caribbean and then got shipped up to Boston. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like all of these Tainos and Arawat and different groups of people, as you're pointing out, like they just got sent up north and that's why there's so many puerto rican people living in new york city i mean obviously right so like are these puerto rican people just like spanish you know interbred spanish people or are they actually natives i think i tend to think that they're they have more native features than anything i mean a lot of my puerto rican friends growing up had afros and braids you know like that's that's not a spanish thing as far as i know Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, they always say like, oh, they're just like a perfect mix of the slaves and the Spaniards. But then it's like, how many Spaniards were actually intermixing with like slaves? Like if this is, if we're talking about like, like a system of like slave master, slave, like, were they all just like intermixing like how everybody is nowadays? I don't think so, bro. Like, yeah, no. And, like, you know. It definitely gets into, you know, dark territory because there's a whole idea of, you know, rape and human breeding. I mean, these are topics that, again, I'm sure happen all over the world. Not just one group of people are guilty of it, but it's something that, you know, I think now with the level of DNA testing we have, I think a lot of those notions are going to maybe become clarified and maybe the case was, that they were intermixing, but maybe not as much as we're told. Because, yeah, I think nowadays they say, like, oh, yeah, Thomas Jefferson, you know, he had, like, several mixed-race kids with a slave of his. And it's like, was she a slave or was she his yeah, friend? Right. Like, was she his companion? Was she his wife? You know what I mean? Like, we, we history kind of puts things in these brutal terms, but maybe they didn't think of it back then that way. And you know what's crazy is like the angle that some of these like people that cover these topics is like they're like oh this person who was a so-called free person of color he owned his whole family but it's like did he own your whole family or did on the census did you just have to claim like oh, I'm the head of the household right like, everything is my possession like right. what like we just got to think about like maybe like certain terminologies and be like terminologies and just like definitions were just like different back then so now when we're seeing it in the present day we don't really we can't even really like like have a reference of like what is what they're actually talking about yeah well and and a lot of go ahead 
No, sorry. Just, I was just gonna add, like, even with me, like, doing, like, some of my family history, like, I was trying to ask my, like, like, with my uncle, he's, like, a mason. He did, like, a whole bunch of research on the family. He has, like, he, they map our shit back, like, to the first black person that has our last name, right? And then I asked him, like, yo, so was that a slave? And they're like, oh, no, all our black people come from, they originate from a white man and a, a, a Senegalese woman in, like, 16-something. I'm just like, kind of, like, I'm just like, what? Like, all right, that's interesting. <laughs> and then, like, that whole branch just lived on St. Kitts and... Nobody, like, there weren't slaves ever after that. And it's just weird. It's like, huh. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. Like, you know, I don't necessarily trust groups like Ancestry.com and all that. But, again, with now with DNA testing, we can figure out a lot of this stuff. And, you know, my family tree, luckily, my grandfather did a lot of the work to figure this stuff out. And we go back to a type of... German and a Baptist who they like this group of Germans were basically like exiled from Europe because of their beliefs. And then they went to the new world and became farmers and then got exiled out of Pennsylvania and went up to Canada. So, you know, it's not just, it's not just people from Africa and, and, you know, indigenous cultures that got subjugated it's people all around the world who you know didn't fit with whatever authority and their paradigm was you know tended to be people who weren't in league with the catholics right i mean that seems they seem to be the dominant force them in the anglican church uh back in those times yeah and it's just like where it's looking it's like like it's funny how like certain groups of people like like nowadays, we just consider like all whites as whites, right? Yeah. And it's like Italian, Jew, whatever, you're white, right? But then like, if you read up on some of the American history, like Italians were considered like like black people and all that. Like they have no rights or slaves. And then like a lot of people don't know about like the Irish indentured slavery. A whole bunch of shit that just goes overlooked. And it's like, it kind of makes sense that... Like it kind of makes sense, like that certain of those white groups have like certain animosity to each other, but then it's like the way that they brought them all in is like, oh no, you're not like the blacks, you're white, you come with us, man. You're white now, you got their rights, you could do everything, and then it's like, and before like the let's say like those Irish groups and like the black people, they will get along, they will be in the same neighborhoods, but then it's like you just took away an ally from somebody because like, oh no, now I'm white. I could, I got certain rights. I could do shit now. I don't have to be here in the ghettos with you guys and shit like that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's still the case to this day in a lot of the cities across yeah. America. You know, you see different ethnicities of all types blending together in, in poorer areas because yeah, they're oppressed that way. And there definitely was a case, you know, in the 19th century where certain groups and i wonder how much that has to do with freemasonry too because you see at that time like the whole prince hall freemasonry offshoot too right like the black freemasonry and it seems like it was designed that way almost to segregate people and like maybe this whole civil rights movement kind of took that and skewed it obviously things are better than they were i wasn't alive back then but i'm sure people older than us would tell us that the civil rights era was not a great time to be alive especially if you are you know black or any other minority but 
I wonder how much of that was like a, a creation of these forces that have rewritten our history. You know, then they segregated people into different parts of areas so that they conflicted with each other. And then, you know, now we now people are even more susceptible to this rewriting of history because there's all this tension that's created when they did this. And you look at the way the highways separated certain cities. It was clearly a, a direct you know, planned segregational type of act where they would put a highway in a city and one side of the city would suddenly become the black side and the other side of the city would be the white side. And it was like, is that on purpose or, you know, and that was all during World War One and Two that they started doing that. So, yeah, I mean, this is all um, a part of this, like, you know, deep history that I think a lot of people... They've been given a certain version of it in school that they're comfortable with. And, you know, now we see all sorts of arguments on the social media about this stuff. And I'm just happy to see more people waking up to the notion that history has been, you know, rewritten and that we're being lied to. Because then people might not fall into that trap of like, you know, blaming the other when really what it comes down to is working together, you know. Yeah, and you know what? I want to, before we switch topics, because I got to wrap it up soon, but you were talking about like the, the how sh- shit might have been better back then and how certain like people were moved around. And then like that was just reminding me of like certain like you hear the stories of like black towns that were flooded and like made into lakes and shit. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if you ever heard of, like the Seneca Village and the Central Park was destroyed to make Central Park. A whole bunch of stuff, but there's one dude you should probably try to get on. His Instagram is, is called a young black mayor. And he I think he's from like one of those like majorly black towns. I'm not sure. I don't want to say the wrong name, but it's like Little Rock or Alabama, one of those places. You get it? Mm-hmm. And he has a book and he talks about all this type of stuff. Like not more so from like, like the, the angle that I'm coming from, but just like what was actually going on, like right. with like the natives, slaves and like stuff like that. But yeah, you should try to get him on the young black mayor well word um, but so the the last topic i wanted to get into before we wrap it up is some of the like the trans-pacific slave trade stuff because when i saw that i was like whoa like the main thing that like stuck out to me is when they said like the word chinos comes from this like in like spanish culture or whatever you get it mm-hmm. and i'm just like chinos like all types of mexicans and like puerto ricans you Every once in a while, you, you'll meet one and you're like, oh, that's my boy Chino. And there's like, oh, is it because they look kind of Asian or is, that, is there a deeper meaning to that? And like, oddly enough, like my girlfriend, like when we met, I thought she was Mexican, but she was Filipina. And I kept trying to talk to her in Spanish. She's like, yo, you know, like, I don't speak Spanish, bro. I'm not Spanish at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, you look Mexican. And then like later on, I find this type of stuff up. I'm like, hey, I wasn't too off base. No doubt. Yeah, I remember when I was a Chinese food delivery guy, these uh, Mexican dudes would order and they would yell, Chino, when I was walking to deliver them food. Whenever I hit, I think they worked at a garden center somewhere, but they would always see me and go, Chino. And at first I thought they were talking about me, but then I realized they were talking about the food. (laughs) Well, definitely. So to be Getting into this. So I couldn't find the book. I have a picture of the book up, but like I have the paper, the actual document. So that's the name of the the title, From Chinos to Indians, a Trans-Pacific Slave Trade. 
And then, like, I just pulled this up so I could show you some stuff, like, like what they were calling Filipinos. Like, this is supposed to be a Filipino right here. Mm. I don't know if you can see it. Hold on. Let me move my cursor. So this is called Imperial Dreams, the racist graphics that colonize the Philippines. So this is a Filipino. I don't know if you ever heard of, like, like now that I'm, like, someone into the Filipino culture, I've heard more of, like, different like I like different groups and like one that's like known, they're called more Morenos, ironically. And no, they're called Negrons. And those are like the original Aboriginal people of the Philippines who are dark skinned. And like those people are still out there too. Like you could find them in the mountains and shit. But yeah, so let me just show you some more depictions. So then this is Uncle Sam pulling a Filipino baby. During the Spanish-American War, the United States sailed out to the Philippines, fought the Spanish, and I'm assuming they took a bunch of these uh, Negrones and brought them back to America, right? Is that what we're going Yeah, so with? it's a little bit more complex than that. Like, okay. in, the, in the book, it talks about how... The, so let's just call the Philippines Ellis Island, Okay. Okay. So that was just like the processing port for all of the slaves that were coming wow. to like the west coast of America. So right here, this is a black in the Philippines. This is a Negron, I believe. Oh no, this is a, oh yeah, Negrito. Yeah, so this is Aita Negrito. And that guy, I mean, doesn't that look like a guy you'll meet in California? I don't know if you've been keeping up with the whole like Keefy D situation. This guy looks like Keefy D a little bit. <laughs> the guy that allegedly has something to do with Tupac's murder. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt at all. And that's, yeah, that's a big thing that I had kind of thought about when I mentioned it before with the whole railroad and how they supposedly built the railroad with slaves. It's like, oh, well, where did they come from? Obviously they would to have brought them from the Pacific Ocean. And so the Philippines was like a Ellis Island for this trans-Pacific slave trade. Wow. I That's never... the processing center, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so this is the main book that talks about that the Asia slaves in colonial Mexico, from Chinos to Indians. That's based, This is the book that I was referring to. Yes, 35 books, if you want to read it. I think they have uh, versions available online also. So then, like, um, hold on. I'm trying to just find some more stuff. What's this? Just trying to make sure. Oh, so, so, so one of the famous ones was this the Muggle Princess of Mexico. So her name was, I think, it's Cat Catalina of San Juan. And right here, they're depicting her as like an Indian Punjabi lady. But like, if once we get in, in that book, they have depictions of more of like the of the actual like Chinos that were coming over, and like, they were basically described as the undesirables. But it was like all the blacks, so it would be like the really dark uh, Indians, like the Punjabis, and all that. Or like the darks from China, the black people from Philippines, then like the lesser islands, they were grabbing up all the Polynesian islanders too and bringing them all through. But then, like I was saying, they'll bring them to the Philippines and they'll they'll get reprocessed, and now they're Filipino, and then they ship them over to the to Mexico, South America, all that type of shit. So this was one, I believe this was like. This, it's weird because like she she ended up becoming like a, a saint. They they venerate her as a saint. This was just like a, 
this was just like a depiction of a interracial couple. At at first, I thought it was supposed to be her, but then like I read a, a little bit more. I don't know why they put it in this if it's not her. So it was just like it threw me off a little bit. But then apparently, some of like a lot of like they were talking about like her how her Indian garb became like venerated in Mexico and like they adopted it. So it's like I'm not sure of the actual garb. Like what is it called? But the uh, the like the Mexican people like adopted it and all that. Wow. Yeah, let me just see if I have some more stuff. So, yeah, so this is basically talking about the Manila Galleon. You were reading some of that earlier. And by the way, I just found that book. I'll send you the PDF. We found the PDF. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you. Perfect. So then, so look, so here are some like depictions of like I think this is from the the racist graphic book. So then it shows you some Filipinos. Well, these are like, these are supposed to be Filipinos right here. But then it's like, again, like with the America thing, it's like, all right, these are lighter, more traditional Filipinos. This one right here is depicted a little like funny. And this is kind of fucked up. Like if you look at this, so it's like the American black person in the corner, he doesn't get to study. The Chinese person only gets to look in. The Native American in the corner. He's got, hold on, he's got the book upside down. I mean, that's, yeah. that's crazy. And then these yeah. little uh, nah. Filipino so, boys and girls are, look very um, uh, unruly, I guess. They're supposed to be, oh, wow, okay. So it's I'm willing to learn also, right? <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you think that this was like those, okay, so it says Philippines, it says Cuba, it said... Puerto Rico, and then a country in between. I didn't see that one, but okay. Oh, we so, still have the same one I have up on screen. What is that one next to Puerto Rico to the left? What does that say? Damn, I can't really tell. Does it say Kenya? Vietnam, maybe? Oh, okay, maybe, yeah. Wow, so so this is like the re-education <laughs> school, basically, for all the different races, and the Chinese and the Native Americans were deemed unable to learn anything, but these kids were getting a shot. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> yeah, right. It's kind of fucked up, right? Like, well, so the Chinese who aren't able to get a shot. Well, and I wonder who, like, the vo- the website that is showing us this, like, they have an agenda, I'm sure. But I wonder, like, what the actual intention of these cartoons was. Like, obviously, these are political cartoons. People, yeah. People at the time probably knew their full story and were trying to convey the message to people, like, hey, like, Look at how the government is treating these people. You know, nowadays you think of this as like insensitive, but I wonder if that was just the artist trying to portray like the insensitivity of the other characters in the, you know what I mean? Like, convey. Because you know what it is? Like, one thing I found like these cartoons, like these are, what's the name? Well, basically, these illustrators back in the day, like, they would put these posts up, like, trying to support, like, American morale or, like, trying to push the propaganda that they're pushing. But there was also always, like, a little undertone of, like, satire in it. Right, right. Yeah, and I wonder if that was the, you know, because illustrators, I'm sure, didn't make much money. They weren't, like, super wealthy. So I'm sure they had some sort of, you know, uh, what's the right word, conscience about what they were drawing. Yeah, and they weren't just, like, depicting totally racist pictures for their own pleasure but yeah it is fascinating to see like these other cultures depicted in this kind of infantile way in comparison to these like elder 
wise white characters. So this right here is referencing like Spanish American War. I don't know if you knew that during the Spanish American War, after they won Spain, they got like Cuba, Puerto Rico, and the Philippines and Guam. Right. They acquired all of them. They gave the Philippines their freedom, Guam also. And like Puerto Rico, it was all like it was a joke in the bucket. So like Puerto Rico, like the territory they forgot about. Right. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, Puerto Rico is still a part of America, not a really a state. But, yeah, maybe that kid in the picture we saw before was Guam, because that would track with what we just saw. Oh, yeah. The letters we have right yeah, And then and you know, like a little funny about this is like another thing is like not a lot of like continuity with like character designs. Like this one is a little light skin. And then like this one is like, is right. this a Filipino? Like it says Philippine Islands. Like, why is he so black? And short, too. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. yeah. But this is like the English crowd taking it over. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the stature was like a way of imposing themselves and making people feel like all of these, you know, are the natural, uh, what's the word, submissive, you know, mm-hmm. instead of dominant. Yeah, lesser, inferior, or bigger than them. Yeah. yeah. But this is another one I want to touch into, like, I try to about this up with the religious part, but like the black Buddhas and all of that. Right. Well, and that's the whole, you know, that part of the world, Indonesia and whatnot, like traditionally was Buddhist, then became like Muslim at a certain point in time. And then, you know, obviously was polytheistic before both of those religions came into that world. And then with the Spanish, you know, all these Filipinos become converted yet again to Catholicism, right? So, I mean... I just saw something too that they were originally Muslim. Yeah, exactly. They, you know, because the whole there's a whole pilgrimage to that area. The Muslims would travel with these huge ships full of riches to Indonesia, and there was an island somewhere over there that they believed was like the resting place of Muhammad or something like that. And wow. uh, w- what's interesting about that is I don't know if you've seen like. I like to watch like travel videos on YouTube and sometimes you'll see like people in Muslim countries with red dyed beards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the weird connections is in Polynesia, they found recently um, some evidence that Celtic cultures or Scandinavian cultures were in that region a long time ago. And maybe that is why there's this whole you know, reverence for those kind of red haired features because there was some sort of advanced culture there long ago kind of blends into the, what we're told about, about the Kantiki in the Polynesian culture. They believe that this like white God gave them this knowledge a long time ago and he was called Kantiki. And, you know, those ideas are controversial for sure. Cause it's, it's, it's kind of weird. There's like, you would think that, like, not just, like, well, like, white academia would want to, like, embrace some of these ideas. Like, oh, yeah, the the Vikings and the Celtics were here. But then it's, like, once they opened that door, it's like, all right, who else was here? Right. You get it? Right. So it's kind of, gotta, they got to keep it like, oh, no, it was just savages here. And, like, we just came over and took over. And that's it. That's all you got to worry about, kids. Right. Well, and back to what we were saying about Irish being slaves. I mean, the Celts and the Scandinavians were the enemy of Rome for a long time. And it seems like a lot of this propaganda comes out of that part of the world, the Roman Empire and what it's become, you know, the Holy Roman Empire and then the Catholic Church and all of the different offshoots from there. And, 
Yeah, I mean, it just gets into... Yeah, well, and I think the real fascinating thing is that, as you pointed out, like, they don't want to uncover who is traveling around the world because it leads to these bigger implications. And one of the things that Ross Ben told me about, and he writes about it in his book, Great Mystery Philadelphia, is this Wangara Trading Network. And it was a trading network that started in Africa and went all the way around the world And it was basically started by gold traders and they had all this gold and they figured out a way to trade with any language. So no matter what language people spoke, they were able to trade with them. So they had this sort of sign language and that's a big reason why people, you know, don't have a lot of written about these people. A, because something like gold, there's a lot of secrecy implied whenever you're dealing with gold. But yeah, what Ross Ben talks about this huge trading network they had that was global. And it was, you know, clearly Moors or the precursors to Moors, you know, I think. Other civilizations too, because like there was one that I saw some videos on recently. It was like, the king, apparently the king that was before Mount Samosa, he took like a hundred thousand warriors and like went in boats and crossed the waters and never came back. So it was just like, how many people were crossing these waters? Where were they going? Like, you get it? It's just like, it's, we could be here all day too. It's just, <laughs> there's so much to talk about. So, Sonny, I think we ought to have you back on the show soon. You mentioned that there's a, a friend of yours that might join us as well if, if we do another conversation, which I think would be great, and as well as uh, Kurumio, uh, if he'll consider Well, that's all I'm talking about, hopefully Kurumio. He said he's with us to talk because he, you know, a lot of people in this community, they're like a little standoff. It's like, oh, if they don't accept our truth. Right. But then like, bro, just speak your truth. If they believe it or not, like, that's what we're well, here for. And you should, you should tell them, you know, and this is something that I try to stress with every guest I have on the show is like, I'm not going to debate you. Like, I'm going to be open to all your convert, you know, your whatever your thoughts are. I might offer some sort of conversational criticism or skepticism to get a better definition or clarification from you. But I myself am not going to be combative on the show because personally, I don't listen to those types of podcasts because I don't get a lot of information from those types of podcasts. I think when you put somebody on guard and start to question, they end up just sounding worse than if they were comfortable. And even if what they are saying is true, if when they're on guard, they oftentimes are like, they're more about defending their position than they are really explaining it. So they are more likely to leave certain things out that are more interesting, that are maybe harder to explain. And I'm all about the stuff that's hard to explain. Like, I don't think I know everything. I probably don't even know half of the things that I think I know about. And I think that's part of the fun of this podcast is talking to folks like yourself who come from a different walk of life than me, have a connection to a different part of the world the the caribbean it's a place i've never been to but i definitely would like to go there and and yeah to share your perspective on this topic is really awesome man especially to my audience who loves this sort of investigation into you know what's been written out of history but one more time for the folks your podcast is no funny shit podcast you could just type in nfs podcast and you'll find it wherever you listen to podcasts and my man Sonny talks about new york culture black culture latin culture you guys don't get into conspiracies that much i'm, I'm guessing right it's more of a kind of mainstream type stuff so i try to do like so I had like so I have like two shows on there. So it's the main podcast was the NFS podcast. It's all under the same RSS feed. Mm-hmm. But then I, I try to give a shot at like 
conspiracies from like a, a guy from the hood's perspective. But my co-host, he wasn't really too into it. Like the one that I had for that. Well, he just he was busy at the time, and like the that video got like no traction at all. So I was just like, I mean, not the video, but like the audio got no traction. So I was like, yo, fuck, it. I'll put it to the side for now. But like, yeah, on that we talk about pretty much anything that's going on, like in pop culture or just like in the world. And also in there, I have a section called Sunny Talk where I, I will hopefully want to get you on, where I interview people just to get to know them and like just tell your story because everybody has a story to tell. You feel me? Dude, I would love that. Uh, maybe I could even tell you some of my New York stories because I have a few few interesting, fun things that have happened, things that I've seen in New York City. And, yeah, I'd love that, man. I mean, I got to check out your show. As an East Coast guy, I'm sure I'll be able to relate. And I love having you on the show, man. I mean, you already opened my eyes to a ton of different topics and two really great books that I'm going to start reading. One of them colonial asian slaves in colonial mexico and then the one we found earlier you'll have to send me the link to that because yeah i got you i'll send you that but yeah for the folks listening please do go and check out nfs podcast the link is in the description and with that folks sunny thank you so much for being here brother and immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now Right, and that is the podcast with Sonny from the No Funny Shit Podcast. Go and follow him wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning into this one. If you want to hear the full conversation, please go and support the show for as little as $5 a month on Patreon or $8 on Substack. You can help this podcast stay on the air. Three episodes a week, 12 a month. We're rocking and rolling into 2024, so don't delay get on the patreon you'll get access to all sorts of bonus episodes not just the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast bonus extensions uh each episode has an extended portion uh, for supporters only you'll get that as well as other series that i've done in the past and series that i'm doing right now one with my friend juan called finding falconelli so go and sign up on patreon today and support the show we have some great sponsors big shout out to the hit kit the number one way to get lit if you want to keep whatever you're smoking on safe and sound whether it's a blunt a joint a spliff whatever it is keep it right there with your lighter you'll never lose it again no chance of reaching into your pocket to find some sort of uh, weed salad with your crumpled up lint receipts and all kinds of other junk avoid that get yourself a hit kit and while you're at it reharmonize your environment with a wonderful piece of organite made by my friend isaac over at oregonite straight out of the great state of oregon he made me a really cool custom piece here it has a yin yang symbol 
made of orgone and it has the uh, the words my family thinks i'm crazy podcast laser burnt etched into the side of it i think it's awesome it's a great addition to my desk and it charges up whatever i'm drinking so go and listen to that episode if you want more information on organite isaac was on the show for a full two hour episode just a few episodes ago so go and check that out and use the promo code mftic at checkout to save 10 percent off and you also can support the show that way leave us a five star rating and review and we'll see you on the next episode thanks again folks immerse yourself in the moment wherever you are in the now Broadcast in the moon matrix from the lunar surface They want you confused like you never knew your purpose Hopping through the portals, dismantling the machine My family thinks I'm crazy, I can't believe what I've seen Memories of a war, the Pleiadians and Anunnaki Stuck within the genes of a copy of a human body DNA fractal, the universe within me Epiphanies of science is hoarded by the Illuminati Puppet masters know the power of the mantra Repeating mad lies till it has an effect on ya Subliminal messages hijack your perception Tricking the population with holographic projections We see through it The system is unraveling I'm astral traveling Through the library of the Vatican On a sacred journey I embark with the squad Forever spitting truth like Mark on the pod Gotta know the facts, never hold back Cause I ain't getting caught up in the soul trap I dissect the fabric of reality Looking for the answers Searching through the galaxy You might be feeling stressed out Depression, anxiety, is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick society You don't even know how powerful you are We the ones who gonna expose the whole facade I awoke in a deep underground military base Zero recollection of how I got to this place Alien corpses floating in glass cylinders Must have been extracted when they crashed into us Animal hybrids contained in the cages a lion with the eagle head Monkeys with reptilian bases Losing my mind and I'm feeling desperate I look around the room and I see no sign of an exit All of a sudden the wall flickers away Revealing a hangar full of spacecraft My getaway I run to the nearest one See a guard knock him out Robin for his plasma gun Hop in the ship Take the controls They highly intuitive I figure it out easily Lift off Accelerate through a tunnel Until I see the light Fly into the sky Get flamed by six F-35 Gotta know the facts, never hold back Cause I ain't getting caught up in the soul trap I dissect the fabric of reality Looking for the answers Searching through the galaxy You might be feeling stressed out Depression, anxiety is no measure of health To be well adjusted to a sick society You don't even know how powerful you are We the ones who gonna expose the whole facade
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 